Hi guys, I'm Chris. And I'm Mike. And welcome back to this week's No Limits and Mitch Podcast. Happy New Year there, Mike. Yes, I guess when the people are hearing this, it will already be 2022. So, hope you had a good uh, New Year celebration over there at the Furman household. Yeah, uh, we're going to make some pizzas, just keep it low-key, try not to go out and see anybody. Right, not right, right. <laughs> not uh, get COVID. Right. <laughs> but yeah, so hopefully, you know, you guys all had a great end of 2021 which has been another shitty year. Uh, and let's let's hope that next year is doing a little bit better. Hey, I think 2021 was great for the podcast. Let's be real. Shitty everywhere else, but great for the podcast. It was. We hit our stride, um, <laughs> crushed out a bunch of books. We, we covered our two favorite books this year. Right. Um, we got a new book that we covered, which was a little, little divisive, you know? Right, right. I guess we could do just just um, on the cuff here. Give me your top three Mitrap Pod moments. Oh, dude! Oof! Oh man! Uh, I well, talking to Kyle. Yes. The especially the episode where he broke down the book with us because I think we we spoke to him twice in 2021, but I got to go with the the spoiler episode. Uh, it was so cool to hear an author explain and go through their process coming up with the story and to, to be able to do that for Mitch Rapp, a, a character you and I have both loved and been reading for more than a decade. It's like, it's just wild we got to do that. And and the fact that he shouted us out in his re- recent newsletter, he's got a link to our episode and the interview he did with us just telling folks, I'm working on Rap 21 but if you guys want to go back to Rap 20 and hear why I did what I did, he put us in the newsletter. So, yeah, that that's number one. What about for you? I'd So, honorable mention would have to be, for sure, t- both. We talked to Kyle early on in the year. When I had COVID uh, back, oh, <laughs> back last yeah. January uh, with, I guess, maybe I had Al- – I didn't – Delta wasn't around. Maybe I had Alpha, whatever. Um, and then, obviously, talking to Kyle this year about Enemy at the Gates – also, I'm just looking back at some of our um, our episode notes. The we had a one-two punch back to back. We talked to Rob Richer. Oh yeah. And right before that, we talked to um, Matt Devoe. And yes. those guys, I don't know. They they in the in this community really enjoyed talking to both of them. Uh, or <clears throat> you actually talked to Rob yourself, but listening to that pod that was great. We finally got to discuss American Assassin with the comm majors. They had some some thoughtful insight. We had your unboxing. You remember that? <laughs> Was that for Enemy at the Gates? Yeah, Enemy at the yep. Gates unboxing. Yep, yep, yep. You also had an unboxing, I believe, of um, Brad Thor's uh, book. So all of Mike's yes. various unboxings, uh, especially with you accidentally cutting the the page for your father that's right the manuscript signed by kyle yes the uh, the manuscript by kyle you just hastily (laughs) cut through it that was that was hilarious and then he fedexed one all the way from spain Uh, he didn't have to do that that was great let's go back you brought up some of the interviews let's go back even earlier in the year i'm just looking at our february episode 
uh, in March, we had David Brown on. We did. The Atria Mystery Bus himself, friend of Vince Flynn, publicist of the Mitrap series. Chris Albanese, Secret Service agent, to talk about active treason and what Vince got right in that book. And then we had Jack Carr. I know. I was going to say that. I mean, holy cow. I, what a year. We also, we, we had Andrews and Wilson. Yes. We got to talk to Stephen Hendricks right. uh, about, about uh, Without Remorse. Um, we talked to Rod Gregg. We talked to the body man or uh, not. not we talked Bishop. about the body, body man <laughs> with Eric Bishop. Dude, um, Fred Burton. Exactly. And Fred, that was an awesome pod. He that was, was great, really great. A Guys, great interview. If you haven't read Fred's book on Benghazi, Under Fire, or Beirut Rules, both just unbelievably accurate historical books that read almost like they're a thriller no- novel themselves, even though they're nonfiction. Just that guy is awesome. And the amount of connections he has in the world of security, I think it was Diplomatic Security Service that he worked for. Just, man combine all the experience of those people we just named that's like a huge chunk of american history right there yeah you know it's crazy i think though for my number one uh moment would have to be the vince's villains episode i really enjoyed doing that episode with you uh discussing we finally got to break down the top villains if i had to pick an episode the the other one i was going to pick is we were really clicking on the enemy of the state part one, like after right. we recorded that one, we both said you know in the text chat afterwards that might be our best episode ever. But Vince's villains that that that's my number one Mitrap pod moment of the year. Okay, all right, I'm I'm surprised by that. Here's another one though. I, I don't know where I'd put it, but it's up there. Our character analysis episodes. We got to keep yes. those going. I really enjoyed our tribute to Thomas Stansfield. Did a little trivia game, did some deep cuts, really analyzed this character, where he's been, how he contributed to the series, whether his ending and funeral was too soon or just right or appropriate. And then we followed that one up with another character we lost, well, kind of disappeared into the ether, Hackett and Strobel, and then also Mick Reavers. So digging into the SEAL demolition crew. I loved our character analyses. And then finally, uh, our tribute to Stan. We did Stan Hurley as well. I mean, what a journey it has been. 2021, goodbye. 2022, hello. Here's to you. I, I have an idea. I think we're now getting close to it. One thing we could do is we could do Mitch's women's. M- Mitch's women. <laughs> Mitch's girlfriends. or <laughs> Mitch's ladies. <laughs> Mitch's ladies. There we go. Because we just finished up our run with Donatella. Obviously, we have Anna, um, Agent Rivera thrown in there, and finally, Claudia. And now Claudia. Oh, and Anna. And, Let's, and, Anna's one of Mitch's girls. I said Anna. Oh, little oh, Anna. Little um, Anna. Yeah. But also, the one who got away. The one who we don't know how, how it ended. Greta. And Greta. Dude. Oh, man. Ooh, that would be that would be a fun chat. That would be a good one. Hey, though, 2022 is going to bring some other blessings because Chris, we we were kind of we were kind of talking about this last episode, but I think there's some news you didn't tell the people yet. 
Yes. I well we kinda handed at it when we were talking about um what I named my son Mitch. Now now or not son. We don't know if it's a son or girl. Anyways, I'm having another child, baby number four. Number four. Um Yeah, so we don't know if it's a boy or girl. And Patrick really wants he's uh, we were going over names this morning. He's like, What about Miles? And we've been watching a lot of uh, he's been watching a lot of the Spider Man and Friends series on oh, there uh, you go. on Disney Plus. So he, he has Miles Morales. And I was like, all right, well, what about, we have to have some girl names. Like, what about Gwen? He's like, no, 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 no girls. It's not going to be a girl. It's going to be a boy. <laughs> we don't even need to think about girls' names. So Patrick's got two sisters already, so. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, oh, yes, my boy, so Patrick. Expecting in, uh, in April. So That is awesome. That is awesome. Bring that podcast microphone to the hospital with you so we can get some live updates. <laughs> you some know I'll be updates. bugging you to podcast the whole time. Oh, I'm I'm sure. I'm sure it'll happen. Hopefully that'll come in our uh will we be yet into season two? I don't know. We need to discuss. We need to discuss. Yeah. We might be on break, so to give you guys a little rundown where we're headed just loosely, you know, in the new year. January will be Red War starting next week. We're a little late this week, so we don't have it prepared for you yet. But Red War definitely coming in January. Then we're gonna use maybe a month or two to bring you some other episodes we've talked about, all these thematic topics and discussions that Chris and I want to have with you to wrap up the series. A couple more interviews we've got lined up. So I think you're going to hear from us weekly through February, through March, probably take a break in the spring, you know, baby break in April. And uh, by the summer, we'll definitely be updating you with season two or round two of where we're headed with the podcast. But don't worry at least the first couple of months of the new year, we got you covered with, with Mitch Rapp content. Yes, our time with Mitch Rapp is coming to a close. And one of those topics that we want to get to, we have to get to, is our book ratings. Just to give you a little primer for that, we recorded on the end, the tail end, after we finished last week's episode, we re- recorded this, uh, we, we were just throwing out some hot takes. Whether or not something would be a strong dislike. Well, what did you term it, Mike? You had the the branding of it. Oh, popular well, I versus unpopular. Popular versus unpopular. And I took this from patron Steph K. She posted in the Fans of Mitch Rap Facebook group because last week we were doing listener appreciation and doing a rundown of social media. Well, Steph K. posted any unpopular Mitch Rap book opinions, and it's got a number of hits. So Chris and I go through some of the comments popular versus unpopular, and give our take. I'll give you an example, because since we recorded, someone added a new one. You got to tell me, popular or unpopular? Mitch is still only in his 40s. Hurley was still killing into his 70s. Mitch has many years of killing left in him. I'd say that's popular. Sure. Do you think Stan was I think killing, though, all those decades? While he was training, obviously he wasn't out on missions, and it was only the kind of events of American Assassin where he had to go back into the field. So are those years of killing if you are shifting to training, or are you not killing for a long stretch of time there? Uh, he's probably, because the Orion team had been around, and like Mitch was the, a couple recruits in, so I'm sure they had, had fits and starts of like getting somebody almost got to like all right this is our guy you know went on a mission and maybe you know went you know all right this is not the guy and then finally they, when they it went south um 
that's at least my headcanon, you know, like, because they mentioned, like, they had been trying this for a while, and then finally they stumble upon Mitch, and he's, like, the perfect guy or whatever. Well, he, Hurley doesn't think he's the perfect guy, but Irene thinks he's the perfect guy, right? So, in my mind, like, that, the scene with all those people that are there, that's not the first time around that they've done it. It seems like they've had this system up and running for a while, and that was just another class, and Mitch was, you know, like, the third class. Do you, or do you think that that was the first class? No, no. The Orion team was up and running, and the training was up and running, and most of the recruits failed in, in previous rounds, for sure. But what I, I'm questioning is, was Hurley in the field during those years for any reason? Because I remember part of American Assassin was getting Kennedy to authorize, or put, or Stansfield, putting Hurley back in the field letting him go out with Mitch and Victor because of the circumstances. There was crazy shit happening. So I don't know if for the other previous rounds or while he was building the Orion team domestically, if he was actually out on ops doing any killing because it seemed like there was a push that he had to go back into the field even though right. CIA leadership didn't want him out in the field because he was retired. So was he killing during that time? We know he was when I he was activated again. I think he was doing off book stuff, you know. Him and Stan had had some some agreements. That, you know, maybe the CIA doesn't know everything that he did, but I don't think you put a a weapon like that back on the shelf permanently, yeah. you know, forever. And you can't even if you try. Yeah, exactly. You know, because he still has those all those contacts he needs to keep up. You know, we see them pop up when he goes like in Kill Shot. You know, when he goes to that reporter or was it a reporter or. I think it was a reporter, you know. Right, um, of Le Mans, the editor of Le Mans. Yeah, yeah, so. So he's still out in the field, but doesn't involve getting down and dirty. So this this begs an interesting question. Do you think we ever see a transition? Uh, we kind of went into this. Did we go on this last episode or in what you're about to hear? Where we talk about what the next step of, of rap is. And do, do we ever see this uh, Mitch as a training stage? I, I I doubt we see it, but uh, maybe not for a long time. But um, yeah, we talked about that last episode, and it's like I don't want to just see him becoming Hurley. I don't want to see a one to one. Mitch is now Stan in uh you know American Assassin revi- revisited or something. Like I don't know. I think it's an easy way out. It also neglects the trend that Mitch has been on with Kyle, which I think going to unpopular and popular. I think a lot of people are still queasy about Mitch trying to settle down with Claudia and Anna and, and taking that role. I've loved it. I mean, I think we've loved the not domesticated rap, but the side of rap that comes out when he's got to fight the closet monsters with Anna or when he, you know, is biking with her in Enemy at the Gates. Just we I love the family moments. So the question is, will Mitch and we've also seen him not regretting kills, but especially with like Lala, him seeing that things are a lot deeper. The gray area is a lot more emotionally and psychologically complex than he's ever experienced in his career. It's always been black and white for him. Now that he's seeing this gray area more, does he ever reach a point where he he either wants to stop killing or he's always said, I only kill out of necessity? the bad guys. I don't get a thrill from it. I don't get off on it. Does he ever feel, and I think Claudia wants this, does Mitch ever feel, maybe when he's 50, maybe when he's 60, maybe when he's like Hurley in his 70s, does he ever feel, I don't need to be the killer anymore. 
I've only done it out of necessity. America doesn't need me. The current leadership of the government doesn't need me. Someone like a Nicholas Ward doesn't need me. Do you think he ever reaches that point and says, the only thing in the world that matters is Claudia and Anna, and they don't need me to kill people? I mean, li- unless it's self-defense. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but to, just to push against, push back against those people that say or, or are queasy about this, this is something that Vince did. You know, Vince put Anna into the story right away and had him tackle with this yeah, he didn't have a kid, but or, I mean, he was going to have a kid. Right. Um, and he wanted that. And he wanted that. And he, from the very beginning, he was wrestling. He, from the fir- very first time we met him, he's like, I need to get out. Even before he meets Anna, he wants to get out. Like, in Transfer of Power, he says on that airplane back, and like, I think it's the third chapter, maybe even the first time we meet him. Uh, I think it's time for me to get out. You know, so this is not right. something new that Kyle has introduced. It's It's been part of his psyche for the entire time we've known Mitch. So agreed. Kyle just has a different spin on what we've seen before. So, which is refreshing, which I think yeah, propels I, I, the series I forward. I agree. These so, things we say it all the time. These things have to have stakes. They have when to they happen. when they yeah. cease to have stakes, when they s- cease to be rooted in reality, then at least to me, they're not compelling, and I don't right. want to read them. Right. So. so if he doesn't have family, he cares about. He just becomes another one of these superheroes, goes off on killing missions and blows shit up. And I'm like, that's been done. Mitch Rapp means so much more to me than just that. Mm-hmm. So here's another comment that's getting some likes on the thread. The toned down version of Rap depicted an enemy at the gates was not akin to what Rap fans expect. Bring back the ruthless and impulsive character we've all grown to love. I'm going to say, sure, that's popular. You want that Mitch Rapp, you know, kicking ass, yelling at the the politicians, tying them up, cutting off fingers, kneecapping people. Sure. But we're going to get that. We know we're going to get that. We can have that balanced. So bring back the ruthless and impulsive character we've grown to love. Mitch is still that. It's just in a more balanced or nuanced way that he's not going to do it indiscriminately for a president that he doesn't believe is putting America on the right path. So I, I feel like I, I don't need the ruthless and impulsive Mitch gung ho nonstop every chapter killing people. I don't need that anymore. But what book can you tell me when he was doing that? American Assassin? Good Kill point. Shot? Y- you want to go back to those two? Because I would argue that we have sort of never seen that in. Once we got to transfer in power and they're on, like Good everything point. that he did, yeah, he flew off the handle. Yeah, he, when he needed to take out people, he would. But I would argue that he's been doing that the entire time and he hasn't stopped doing it. Right. He's grown. This character has grown. Even if Kyle refuses to age him like Vince did, he has grown. He's older. He's wiser. So those things are going to fade over time. Like that's just what happens when you have mentors like this, like Irene. When you're in this, when you see these situations over and over again, to me, that person just wants American Assassin right. all the time. Because that, right. that and Kill Shot, like that, those are the only two times where I really think of Mitch, you know, being unruly. Like every other time, he had merit to buck against, right. you know, the people. He had reason. Maybe in in the third option when he thinks Irene and Stan like turn on him, set yep. turn on him. But 
I, I don't know. I mean, maybe like the time after consent to kill when he went on like that bender. But every single instance we we see it, there's a reason for it. It, right. it ha- there has to be a reason for it. So I don't know. Even even transfer of power. He was saying, I, I don't necessarily want to keep doing this. I actually want to get out, settle down with Anna. And when he starts killing terrorists in the White House, it's literally to save her in that bedroom. Right. And the other hostages, him. So he's not always impulsive. He was thinking through, no, I have a moral compass. I have to stop this act of injustice. I still don't want to blow the mission and blow my cover. So he finds a creative way to do it. But he wasn't ruthless and impulsive, or else he would have just charged out of the closet indiscriminately, not caring about the rest of the mission and being discreet and really being a spy. He would have just slaughtered this dude. But no, he does it so methodically and at the right time to be more incisive. I feel like comments like this one I just read want rap to be this like boom, like this cannon who's just going off. But he's never been that. He's been real surgical. Thinking about the comment, they're probably wanting to see like the scene where I'm forgetting which book, but like there's the house where the people come and he just takes a bunch of people out. You know, we didn't get a lot of rap kills in this book. That's true. And maybe, maybe that's why, but there's other books there. We need to go back and look at, um, the book spies list where he stopped after, I think he went up to the right before the last man Yeah, where he did a kill count. Yep. Yep. And there's some books that are surprising where there's very few rap kills. Right. It's pretty low in a few of Vince's books. Yeah, exactly. And there's others that it's like, holy shit, you know, rap kills like 20 people right. in, the, in the order right. of like five pages. Um, Dude, that's a great point. I wonder if we track the kill count, if we'll see a stark difference, because I feel like people think Kyle has really feminized rap or brought down his bravado. But if we look at the kill count, I bet it's the same like waves where in one book with Vince, he'd kill 20, 30, 40, 50 guys. Another book, he'd kill two or three like Pursuit of Honor. And I think Kyle's will do the same. The survivor, I think he's definitely pretty active. Order to kill, he was torturing people. I don't know if he killed the le- as many. Lethal agent. Lethal he, agent, uh, he kills a bunch. He killed a lot. And that house. Especially scene. down in down in car- the cartels. Yeah, With the cartels, right. He, he, he lights that house on fire or it's burning and kills a bunch of these drug guys in the jungle on the chase. So, yeah, I, that's, that would be a great episode to, to track the kill count book by book and, and look for patterns. I'm just guessing off the top of my head, there wasn't a lot of rap kills in both this one or the previous one. Well, this guy quotes chapter 22, only two confirmed kills so far. So this guy's like, I don't even know if I want to finish the book. That's bogus to me. That's absolutely bogus to me. Uh, this fandom is funny with like that, you know? It's very funny like that. I, I'm sure there are many books that one-third, one-fourth of the way through rap might only have a few kills or none. I, I, I bet that's that's common, yet we're complaining about Enemy at the Gates for it. It's a divisive book, unpopular opinion. What is is uh, is Enemy of the Gates a good rap book? Dude, you know where I stand on that. We've been down this road. I've had such an emotional roller coaster with this last book. And honestly, that's probably a good thing, you know, to have this fan engagement. You know, right. There's no such thing as bad press. Right. The the book sold. People are not going to go running away. They're going to be lining up. We just saw that Kyle posted the first draft. It's coming out Monday, I think, of draft 21. So 
he took a shot. He got people talking. And to me, that's a good thing. So I think all this buzz, for better or for worse, makes you want the next book more. Sure. Yeah, what happens sure. with the cooks? How do Rap and Kennedy either work around them or eliminate them? What's this Nicholas Ward character? I mean, there's so much intriguing content if people can just get over the fact that a major character died. Get over that. And there's so much more, so much more that, that this series can go into. That's good. Yeah, since you mentioned it, though, the, the draft of Rap 21 in Kyle's newest newsletter, he's got a screenshot. Unfortunately, it's blurred out. I have tried. You know me. I tried zooming You've in. You found some anti-blurring like <laughs> technology? I tried going pixel by pixel trying to get any of these words. I, I have no luck. I mean, it looks like dialogue with, with where it's indented and whatnot, but... um. Yeah, I, I need Marcus on it. I think he's the only one who can unscramble that picture. So we'll have to wait. Let's get, let's get IT on that. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we hope you enjoy our breakdown conversation of popular versus unpopular comments that we've seen online. Thanks to our Steph K, patron of the podcast, Steph K, for posting that on Facebook. Always good to see fan engagement. So uh, enjoy this discussion of popular versus unpopular Mitch Rap opinions. All right, so I want to ask you about this. In the Facebook group, Steph K, patron Steph, Steph K. K. Scott's number one fan. Shout out to you, Scott's number one fan. She asked a question, and I wanted to go through some of the comments with you and get your take here. She asked, any unpopular Mitch Rap opinions? And ooh, okay. it got spicy. It got a little spicy. Let, let me hear some of these. All right, so let me pull this up. I like that question, first off. I, I think letting people say what they got to say. Yeah, 50 comments so far. Let's see. That the books are getting worse, not better. <laughs> Is that unpopular? Yeah, that's unpopular for sure. Kyle yeah. doesn't want to hear that. David doesn't want to hear that. I think it's unfortunately somewhat not popular but it's got some traction i think there are people who would definitely say that's true which you expect right obviously you lose vince it's hard quality is going to go down we we can't relive the consent to kill memorial day era right we can't so it's going to change but i wouldn't say progressively worse i also think it's just hard to keep these stories interesting you know like right. i've read where we i've read all of the well all except the last two um, or no, also the last one, uh, Scott Harvath books, I would say that, you know, there are some, some good ones in there, but, you know, progressively they've gone down. Uh, but what's funny though, is that I think one of the best books that came out was like the, what was the spy master and the one right after that red war, no red backlash dawn. Backlash. That's what backlash. It's in Russia, so I was thinking of red. Any of those are recent, so yeah. What else was? What else went down? Oh, like the Jack Reacher books. They ebb and flow. I feel like all these things are just a. It's an ebb and flow type thing. Yeah, I think it's the natural progression, but I can't say getting worse. I mean, look at Enemy of the State. Look at Lethal Agent. Dawn loves Red War. I mean, we have. I'm going to have an open mind next couple of weeks when we review that. Who knows? Maybe it'll go higher up the rankings than I'm expecting. 
And we both liked Enemy at the Gates. And, and we both liked Enemy at the Gates. Yeah, I would not at all put it bottom five for sure. So, yeah. Even Mark put it, what did we say, at eight? Like, that's... Yeah. You can't say it's progressively worse. All right, here, here's hot take number two, which I posted. Some people like Anna Riley or Anna Riley. <laughs> Unpopular? I guess the unpopular thing would be Anna Riley was a good character. <laughs> true, true, true. Should have phrased it that way. Well, here's the deal. Two people chimed in. I loved her in Transfer Power. Another person, I liked her. There were a few marriage issues, but what marriage doesn't have issues? Sure. Good point. But she was a pain in the butt. There was a reason Vince killed her. You know, right. let's, let's just say that, you know. <laughs> All right. My least favorite was Red War. Not enough rap. Popular or unpopular opinion? Don't know yet. I can't remember it. Yeah, I can't remember it either. <laughs> I remember liking Grisha does some badass stuff, but... I remember liking the ending where like they're in this bunker in Siberia with medical equipment and he gets Krupen somehow. So I'm, I'm excited to revisit it. But yeah, I have to revisit that one soon. I think I mixed up my Russian presidents too because I forgot Krupen was the dude. I thought it was... um. The current president, who plays much more of a role. I think I was getting the two mixed up. What's his name? Utkin. Utkin. Utkin and Krupin, and I, I think in my mind I just forgot who was who. So, All right, let's see what else we got. Ah, to me this is very unpopular, but I think the person liked this idea. Mitch is getting older. Maybe it's time for him to become Stan. I mean, that would be, that's not unpopular. I feel like that's a good way to transition the series and make it fresh, make it new. But will they do that? I don't know. I don't know why. I'm just, and, and the guy says Coleman can bring in some young guns too. The new crew can become as good as the old with the old guys kicking butt, dogging them in the field. I I don't know why I, I hesitate. I, I don't want to see Mitch just become Stan grumpy old man yelling at the young kids maybe it'd be cool if he starts training new recruits but clearly a way aware of how stan fucked him up and like wants to have a different approach but you can't have a different approach then you don't create a mitch rap you have to have stan's approach i don't know i think it'd be kind of flat to have mitch rap grappling with that it, i just don't think it can go deep enough well it's like we've seen that in other novels right where tom clancy right he he brings in his son, and his son becomes the main character. His son become, goes on to be the president, or you know Jack Ryan, not Tom Clancy. But uh, I think one trajectory you could take, and maybe Vince was trying to do this with Mike Nash, but then halfway through doing it, decided, wait, no, I I, I don't want to do that, and that's why he sort of partitioned him off and made him you know outed him, right? That's why Mitch outed him. Yeah. I don't know. It's I think of uh, uh, what's his name, Tom Cruise in the Mission Impossible series. Like the first movie that Jeremy Renner was brought in, it was supposed to mean like Jeremy Renner was supposed to be given the keys to this series, and then immediately Tom Cruise was like, "Wait, no!" And then like the very next movie, you could tell that. They they sort of ditched that plan, and now like Jeremy Renner's not even in these movies anymore. At the, at the very same time, Jeremy Renner was given the keys to the Bourne series, and then people hated that movie. I, I actually like that movie, and they're like, no. So then they had to bring back Matt Damon to do the to do the next 
one or two. I don't but. even remember Jeremy Renner doing Born. He did the Born Legacy. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I, so I feel like I don't know why. I'd be more interested, especially with Kennedy losing Nash, I'd be more interested in Kennedy training and seeking out a replacement than Mitch seeking out a replacement. I don't know why. I just, I find how she operates and trying to replicate her skills very different than trying to replicate a rap and just train the next badass. Like, I find that so much more compelling in the storytelling. But that's probably an unpopular opinion. I hope that, you know, because one, it's unrealistic that Kennedy would have been in her position this long, right? That's true. Yeah. So I, that's why I kind of liked what Brad did in terms of he had Scott in the Secret Service for a little bit and then transitioned him out and had him as a private contractor. And that's where I think, you know, we could be, I could be wrong on this, but that's where I think uh, Kyle is taking this, where Mitch will be out of the CIA, Kennedy would be out of the CIA, and they'll be doing their own thing. And I think that would be a cool new thing, a path to go down, that you have a bunch of books to explore. But yeah, it just doesn't make sense that these, these both these people have been in the CIA this long. I mean, I guess Mitch has been in the CIA this long, and that, that could be possible, but for Kennedy to be the director of the CIA this long? Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's a book, so you can do whatever you want, but... And I guess she hasn't been the entire time because we had Stansfield in the very beginning. But But how much did we love Stansfield's transition to Kennedy? And then you throw in the layers of Uncle Stan. So Stan Hurley knew knew Kennedy as a kid. Stansfield was always there as like a grandpa kind of figure to her. I think Stansfield was was killed too early. Do you you agree? I think while I would like to see more of him... You had to you had to thrust Kennedy into the spotlight. I, I feel like he ran his course. He put in his time, and so I thought it was kind of sweet the way he, he went out. Of course, I want to see more of him, but you know me. I like that finality. So uh, I appreciated that he came to a close, yet Kennedy essentially is his legacy. And while at the time, I, and I'm pretty sure it's unpopular that the killing of Mike Nash... But I like that. I actually kind of do like it because it means that there's some stakes. And we've mentioned this before that, of course, you know, by killing Stansfield, that adds progression. It adds nuance. It adds layering by killing Stan um, Hurley, you know, like at at some point there needs to be death. And there needs to be transitioning of people. So, yeah. And any any other good ones? You got there? Uh, Here's a good one. And again, you know, our friend Mark. Popular or unpopular? I never saw Claudia and Mitch as a couple. Felt weird after the events of Consent to Kill. Mistake by Kyle to bring them together? We didn't didn't harp on this too much in our last pod because I, I did pop in my head, though, this idea that he would really get this close to someone who was... I mean, I guess she never really wanted to kill Anna, but she was implicit in harming him. <laughs> and yeah, it it is a interesting subplot, but yeah, I'm I gonna go. I, I, I buy love it. that. I love. I buy, I buy it. it. Right. I, it sounds kind of dumb on the surface. Like what? She was involved with Louis, who killed Anna, and Mitch can't move on from Anna. But how deep did Kyle take it in the last few books with what's going through Rap's mind? 
he's grappling yeah. with it psychologically, emotionally. Like to make Mitch rap emotionally and have psychological depth in this, I think I uh, kudos to you. You pulled it off. Like you you bought you sold me on it. And then how much did I love every time Mitch went to go visit Anna and Claudia in South Africa or whatever? I wanted to hang on every last word and and the tension between the two of them and I thought it worked brilliantly. So I'm going to say super unpopular if you don't like Mitch and Claudia and think it was a weird or bad decision by Kyle. Sorry. <laughs> I, I'm I'm shipping it big time. <laughs> and I think that it just builds upon that his choice to let her live, you know? Yes. Because, and then I could see if Kyle didn't do the work, then it would be unpopular. But I I feel, he did I the think work. you do too, he he did the work to, and, and it pays off for yeah. sure. I look at Consent to Kill and how much hearing that girl's name was Anna, how much that meant to Mitch. And not just, oh, it meant to Mitch a lot back then because he was fragile because he just lost his wife. No, he's committing to essentially raise this girl, you know, to be the father figure she could never have. Because Louis right. had to die. Mitch is going to feel he's going to step in and it's going to change his life. I, I think that's fantastic. And the people who are like, yeah, but he should be out killing. We've seen rap kill. We know he'll kill. He's going to keep killing. But by adding these layers of him assuming the father figure for Anna, knowing who Anna is and her history, it just means so much. Oh, it's amazing. And of course, Claudia has to be there, right? Like, what are you going to just kill off Claudia and then say Mitch has to raise Anna alone? Like, that'd be so dumb. That'd be super dumb. Unpopular opinion. Uh, Power Station was not that cool of a villain. Um, could have been better. Good villain. Could have been better. But yeah. All right, well, popular, unpopular could maybe be a new, uh, <laughs> a new segment. <laughs> That's a little racy, though. A little, 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 it, little it, it's a little saucy little racy. there. We'll keep it for the for the after dark people on our on our patrons only. Unpopular opinion: Vince can't write female characters. Um, no, I'm gonna say most people I think would would recognize that as his perhaps his biggest weakness as an author. I think. What's crazy though is that one of his best characters is a female. Is, is ironic. <laughs> right. That's like the only one he got right though, you know. It's so ironic cuz most yeah, exactly. Yeah, that that's just a funny one. Yeah. I, I would say that's relatively popular that his female characters were a bit bit weak. Unpopular opinion term limits is not good. <laughs> Dude, no. No. Disagree with you. Disagree with you. Great book. I'm I'm leaving it probably top six. Term limits is not a good book, bro. Dude, that's no, that's crap. That's absolute crap. Vince's uh, uh, that's my hot take of the pod. You can leave this in too. I I officially term limits is Vince's one of Vince's works books. No, dude, get out of here. Stop it. Nope. Nope. No. The plot doesn't. The plot doesn't make sense. No. I love, I love how you ret- retcons Scott. In the future, like not I, true. Scott's one of my favorite characters, but I don't like Scott in that book. Dude, no, 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 no. Okay, we're having a whole episode. The great debate: one is term limits a good book. Two is term limits a Mitch rap book. We're doing it. That's an episode. All right, fair enough. 
Dude, I, I'm, no, I'm gonna say I'm term limits is not that good. Term limits is not that good. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna stand for it. Term limits, great, but I will actually even show you. I dropped a little too much money. <laughs> <laughs> I course. wanted an original signed copy of term limits. I wanted the oh, I OG. Got, I got I got I didn't get the signed, but I got an original term limits it, one. So yeah, I saw yours and I, I dude, I was snooping. I believe that though was the nineteen ninety eight edition. Oh, you got that 97. On eBay, I saw someone posted a signed copy with Vince's old signature. So you could tell it's authentic because it was his original signature in, in his first years as an author. You know, um, the big one with the tall letters before it got flat. July 97. Cloak and Dagger Press. Did it have the old title or did it, did it say term limits? Oh, no, it says term limits. I don't think the old oh, okay. title ever went to print. What was the old title? It was like some like for your rights. Stand (laughs) up, stand up for your rights. Stand up for your rights. It's like a reggae song. Get up, stand up, (laughs) stand up for your rights. No, dude, I I got a July nineteen ninety seven printing, which I gotta believe is the first edition ever. I think that was the first month of publication where he was selling them out of his trunk, you know, in St. Paul, going around just on the streets, outside the bar. Right, I love it. I, I'm I'm hoping that's that's the copy I got. He was signing them just out of his trunk. It's crazy. Terminals is not a good book, bro. I, dude, bull, get out of here. In my rankings, it's gonna be no. It's gonna be it's gonna be a third from the bottom because there's only no, two. Of, no, 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 no. It's no, gonna no, be no. it's gonna be it's in the bottom five. It's in the bottom five for sure. No, 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 no. All right. If you went between ten and fifteen, I I wouldn't smack you around too much. But bottom five, no. It's in it's in the bottom five for me, dude. For I'm sure. gonna agree with you. Things were weird with the the ransom letter, the demands were just jumbled up of like, I want, I want tax cuts and no tax, but then I want government spending to solve this problem, and I, I'll give it to you. It's got its flaws, but and he he murders like a senator and a like Scott murders the senator and a congressman and gets off scot free. Dude, it's because of Stansfield, man. You remember the conversation with him and Stansfield? He gets off because Stansfield pulls a Kennedy, like what Kennedy does later on. He sees, Stansfield sees something in Scott, nurtures that seed, puts him on the right path, basically saves Scott's life and makes him, just honestly, he saves Scott's life because Scott was going off the deep end, like what Nash could have been, like what Nash became. Nash didn't have a Stansfield. Scott had a Stansfield. I'm so happy that Vince's second book was freaking amazing. Because Transfer Power... Good like, point. Term limits to Transfer Power is is like going from, I, I don't even know, like a fifth graders to the Iliad, you know? like it, It's going from a Honda Civic to a Lamborghini. Yeah, it's it's a vastly superior book. And it is will always be in the top five for me. Always. I agree. Yeah. If transfer is not in your top five, go find a different series. Yeah. <laughs> go drive a Civic. Not a good book, bro. All right. We're going to have to hash this one out another time. Mm. It's my hot take of the day. I'm going to say it's not gr- it's not a com- it's not a great book. It's not a masterpiece, but man. I'm going to put that in. I'll put that on the Twitter poll to say, uh, Term limits, bottom three books in the series. Oh, dude, you're hurting me. 
You know, go in the Facebook group, respond to Steph K with that very unpopular opinion, because everyone will say that is a very unpopular opinion. And the only two other ones I might put there are executive power. Protect and defend. And protect and defend. Pursuit of honor. No, no, no. no. Pursuit of honor, not protect and defend. Pursuit of honor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Pursuit of honor. Those are the two. Here's an interesting thing. It's been two years. It's been almost two years since we read and reviewed that book, Term Limits. Should we re-review it? (laughs) Maybe we should. I don't know. Maybe. But here's the deal. I can remember so many details. Uh, Me too. Vividly. I can remember the meat in the alleyway to drug the dog. Yeah. The first kill on that fat cat, Senator Ferris, getting out of the limousine and how he's described going into his house late at night. I can remember where the radio transmitters were put around Washington (laughs) to jam the signals, going under the chain bridge in the Potomac River Valley to light off these fireworks or flares to throw off the the choppers. Like, I can remember so many of these details. Michael O'Rourke, bro. Michael O'Rourke. Dude, if you can't say he was also one of the best characters, you're high. You're high. It's not a good book. All right, I'm, we're saving this for another time. <laughs> All right, that's that. I'm done. That's that. I'm that's out. This is like that. this is like cover C. I read a book, I love it. We talk about it for an hour. I have a great time. Then we end with cover C. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I, I supplied your cover C for the day. All right, dude, I, just, I have fun, I, I have fun I, doing this with you. After we after we finished, like, we've read through all these books, it just, I keep looking back at term limits, and it's just staring me, and it's just like, I I can't rate this high. I can't. There's a reason we I gave it a 70, you know? I mean, we were really harsh in the beginning, but, like, I, I think I'll still give it a 7, you know? All right. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's. We're, this is going to be a fun section of our of our uh, of our our uh, total rankings. So. All right. All right. All right. All right. Cool. It's Christmas, so I'm willing to leave it at that. Right now. <laughs> You're willing to leave it like that. All right. <laughs> I wonder if there's Fair any enough. other debates like this we can have because th- this is a good one. I I feel like there's there could be a few more somewhere in there if we dig. What's your favorite book? Oh, uh, that's true. Memorial Day versus Consent to Kill. That that could be a a, a debate. Come in with like why I think, why you think, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But of course, civil discourse will have to see each other's sides. Yeah, exactly. I- I'll have to learn exactly. to to listen respectfully. I'm not very good at that. I'll admit it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right, man. It's been fun. All right. Cool. Peace. All right. Peace. All right. Well, we hope you guys rang in the new year, new year nicely. Hope you get a nice kickstart to your 2022. Uh, when we you hear us next time, we will be bringing you episode one of Red War. It's got to be done. I'm started reading it tomorrow or today. We have to thank our patrons, our special operator, Sherry F., our special agents, Kevin, George, Matt, Dawn, Dennis, Peggy, Catherine, Ray, Bridget, Jeff, and Mark. You can subscribe, rate, and review using your favorite podcasting platform. Find us on MitchRapPod.com or on Twitter and Instagram at MitchRapPod. And as always, just let Mitch be Mitch.
Just a disclaimer, this podcast is not affiliated with Vince Flynn, Kyle Mills, or Simon & Schuster, but thank you to them for bringing us the wonderful world of rap. And the music soundtrack is Gorilla Tactics by Raphael Crooks.